0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1015 of Cold Waves Soundcheck, I'm Aaron Pollack. Cold Waves 10 is the biggest show yet, taking place September 22nd through the 25th at Metro, Smart Bar, Riviera Theatre, and La Nocturne. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for Darkest Before Dawn, a non-profit providing resources and support for workers and the nightlife industry. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we are chatting with Thursday's Smart Bar DJ, Andy Harriman. This is Andy.
1: Tap me into your source. My name is Andy Harriman. I go under Andy for my DJ and my um, production work, but I'm also like a writer. I mean, I kind of have my hands in a lot of different things, honestly, but they're all music related. So I do the Syntheside Party, which is about to be on its ninth year. Um, So it started out as like a monthly party at boston nova civic club which is like one of the best venues here in new york it burned down recently but they're reopening very very soon which i'm excited about but now since covid and boston burned down i kind of do a lot more um instead of dj events i do a lot more live events and i do a lot of those at saint vitus um trans and other places like that I don't know, I'm kind of like a full-time DJ and writer now, which is really exciting. So I just came back from Colombia with some DJ gigs and I am writing for um, Cream Magazine currently. Yeah, a lot of exciting things going on. Oh, I also wrote a book called Summer Leather, Summer Lace, which is a book about the goth and post-punk subculture in the 1980s.
0: Let's dig into some of the details. I want to start off with a a recent show from um, a few months ago. In the first episode of the season, I had Rare DM on. Mm -hmm. And she was announcing this Goth Boat Volume 1 Since at Sea show. I want to hear all about that. Was Was it as cool as it sounded?
1: The thing is, my personality, I love to know what's coming. I don't like surprises. And with a boat party, I had no idea what to expect. So I was like this anxious mess when we started but then it turned into like this really fun exciting party and everybody had a great time Rare and performed lucy um that's in the boy harsher movie also performed and then my Matic crew it's there's like three of us who play like italian music around brooklyn we played as well it was just like really fun to see a different view of manhattan you know because we're always just on the streets and you know it's kind of hard to appreciate where you are while you're there after so long you know so it was really fun to just travel down the river and see the sunset it was really fun and we all had like we gave tequila shots out as people entered and people dressed up and it was just really cute i hope we can do it again but it doesn't look like this year is going to happen. The summer really slipped by, you know.
0: I always just think to myself, do I like who's performing enough that if we get stuck at the middle of the sea, I won't like lose my shit. Uh,
1: the funny part is I'm actually going to a Depeche Mode one on Saturday, <laughs> a Depeche Mode boat party. So that's how I first really heard about them is because the Depeche Mode fan club here does a boat party every summer
0: let's talk a little bit about your writing so you mentioned that that you wrote the book somewhere leather somewhere lace tell me a little bit a bit more about what what that was all about and how that sort of led to what what we see now at, at a show like cold waves
1: Ooh. um well at the time i was in grad school and I was doing research for goth stuff because my thesis was on goth. And I was like, there's really no there's really not a book about just 80s goth. There were tons on 90s goths and like early 2000s. And I just saw this huge gaping hole. (laughs) And uh, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I worked my ass off for about three years and finally got it published in 2014. And yeah, it was about, it's just, I would say it's 75% photographs. And then um, I interviewed a bunch of goths from around the world. And like, my focus was that it wasn't completely London based because a lot of writing about goth is very London focused. So I kind of tried to branch out all over the world. Yeah, I think it's been really successful. I think it's on its third or fourth pressing now. And in terms of, cold waves i think the more gothy stuff honestly well one really funny connection is that the guy in cold cold cave he owns this um bookstore in la called daily planet and he carries my book (laughs) so that's like i found that out last week there's like 10 copies there which is amazing so yeah that's a really funny connection And in terms of everything else, I think a lot of people are referencing 80s Cold Wave and, you know, Minimal Synth, and they have been for a while now. I think that everybody just kind of really craves that moment in history. I mean, I'm certainly biased just because that's my favorite decade, but I think there is something very pure and original and new and fresh about that moment in music history that people still really try to capture.
0: I really think that when... Stranger Things blew up on Netflix and that uh, uh, that intro music that they have that my wife always asked me if I'm going to skip and I always say, absolutely not. We're not skipping this. I, I feel like that really hit, you know, the the masses that maybe aren't paying attention or aren't really into that. But there there's so much of it out there. Do you think it's all positive or do you th- feel like anyone else is just trying to cash in on this thing? Because I see that everyone else is sort of hopping on the bandwagon.
1: I mean, I think, for some of us who like to talk about goth trends and the waves of goth i think some of the some of it is getting redundant so it's kind of hard to weed through you know all of the music that's coming out but i honestly think that i don't see an issue with it and i've honestly i've never seen stranger things so <laughs> I kind of just see what people post on the internet, like with the Kate Bush thing is kind of wild to me because I'm like, how do you not know like one of the greatest songs of all time until just now? (laughs) But also the good thing about it is that my Kate Bush 12-inch, you know, the value of it went up by like $50. And so I'm kind of happy about that. (laughs) Um, But I don't think there's an issue with it. I just think maybe goth kind of needs some and you know goth industrial the ebm scene i i'm always just looking for someone who has something fresh to add just because it is really easy and accessible to make music these days and i think that's amazing but there is a lot of the same out there
0: so who are some of the acts that you feel like are are bringing something new to it or something interesting to it
1: well not to be biased but um synthesize is also a label and today i just released Unombre solo's "Dissolution total and it's like a mini lp of um he's he sings in spanish so it's just this leather strip inspired ebm with spanish lyrics and it's got kind of like clan of Zymoxy synth pads in there um and i think sacred skin who i also released earlier this year kind of brings that in excess um, 80s heartthrob vibe back, which a lot of people aren't doing because they have guitars and they're very song-based. And I think that's kind of refreshing um, from what a lot of people are doing these days. So I really appreciate Sacred Skin's album as well.
0: Back to your writing for a little bit. You mentioned that you're writing for Cream. The only thing I know about Cream is that you know the the Lester Bangs and almost famous type thing. I didn't know that that was still around. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Well, it's relaunched, so I'm not sure of like all of the nitty gritty details, but I know that they've they're relaunching, and their their first print issue comes out on September 15th. But they already have an online presence, so um, a lot of writers and photographers that are actually like really in the scene are actually writing some really good articles and it's, I'm really enjoying going and reading all the articles there, but um, yeah, the print issue comes out on September 15th. I wrote about latex and goth, which is a very interesting subject and I had a lot of fun writing about that. Um, And then I'll have some online articles that are adjacent to that, um, all that research I did for latex and goth
0: I bet you it'll be in stock at the Daily Daily Planet.
1: I hope so. I mean, honestly, that place is really cool. (laughs) I visited it before.
0: Let's talk a little bit about more of your um, production company because you, you're a DJ, you're also sort of a label. I feel like you've at least put some music out under your own name. Are you looking to put out more new original music? Do you just like producing other people's music? What do you feel like you want to keep doing over the next few years?
1: Originally, I, I started the label part so I could put out these compilations because I'd started making music and I was like, you know, it'd be fun to put together some compilations with all my favorite artists. So I put out two of those and I have a track on both of those. And then after that, I made an EP for um, Afaname and Vitergaba. So uh, it was called Corpse to Corpus and it came out in 2020. And I also have a new EP coming out, but I don't, you know, I like to hold my cards, cards really close. Um, So that should be out soon enough. Um, There's a second EP coming out very soon. I don't produce for other people and I don't really do remixes. I do collaboration projects, which those will be announced soon enough, but I'm very, very slow at everything I do. So as a writer, I'm extremely slow as a producer, I'm extremely slow and I'm very jealous of people that can just, you know, put together things really fast and it sound amazing. And I think that's why I have to like turn down remixes or, you know, other opportunities just because my pace is so slow and I need to focus on like doing stuff on my own, my solo work. And um, because I think that like, Putting out music goes hand in hand with DJing. I honestly started making music because I really just wanted to like amp up my DJing, because that's what I really love doing. It's kind of like, it's an obsession, you know, like beat match, like beat matching with vinyl and collecting vinyl, and then you know taking sampling parts from vinyl for my for my own productions. It's all connected, but unfortunately, I'm not very fast at. working on my music as
0: your own production label are are you having trouble especially since you you're big on the vinyl getting uh, working with those long turnaround times that everyone's dealing with
1: yeah i mean i have a really good friendship with one of the record pressings and they're very kind and sweet to me so like i got the sacred skin album out in six months which is actually a really good thing these days because i think it's like a year at this point
0: Yeah, I think that's better than everyone else I've ever talked to ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm really lucky on that front. They they're very nice to me.
0: (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about Cold Wave. So I feel like the first time I saw you at Cold Waves was maybe Cold Wave 7 when it was the, the proper New York, Chicago, L.A. shows across all three. And I know you came back for Cold Waves 8 and you'll be back back this year. So tell me about your history of it did you know of it beforehand how how'd you you know meet up with jason and get involved
1: well the funny thing is i as like a wax tracks obsessor for life like wax tracks is literally my everything um i went to i was trying to look this up earlier i think it was probably like in 2013 2014 that there was like a d warsaw live show event and then like a wax tracks showcase at the metro. Yeah, I traveled to Chicago to go to that and I guess Jason had put that together but at the time I was just, you know, this fangirl that was like, wow, wax tracks stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't remember, I guess Jason reached out to me to DJ be- because of synthesized stuff. I really don't know. And then, you know, that first time I did cold waves Frontline Assembly was playing and Jason was so kind and like introduced me to Bill because like Frontline is my favorite band one of my favorite bands of all time and I was just like so shy and just so grateful that I had that opportunity
0: (laughs) more than Depeche Mode
1: not as high as Depeche Mode but honestly Frontline's like early demos are so important to my work like all my productions I think that stuff is just gold. I love it so much. I think Bill is just so talented.
0: I was gonna ask you what your favorite Cold wave memory, but I, I know the answer is is when Shannon joined Test Department on stage. So tell me tell me about what you remember from that.
1: Oh, uh, well, okay, so Test Department is one of my favorites too. I just think one, Test Department being a band that was so politically driven and just so conceptual, And also just the fact of a bunch of people on stage beating things like metal things is just amazing to me. And I'm a huge test department fan and I just love Shannon to death too. And I think that she's one of the most underrated artists in our generation. And just the two of those together, like screaming on stage, just standing up for something, just that collaboration I think was really special. And I'm, I feel really happy that I got to to witness that, especially just during the time when you know a time when everything is just politically fucked up, and just to have test department here from London and Shannon there, it was a really special moment.
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of people that that were there felt that also.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll see you at uh, the DJ booth at Cold Waves. What else do you have? coming up anything that you didn't mention that you wanted to to promote or talk about that's coming up
1: Sure I for people in Minneapolis I I'm doing this uh, vampires ball I've done it once before it's done by dark energy and there's a bunch of like New York homies on there and Spike Ellis I love them so much they're playing in cold ways in New York um, I love them so much. And I'm actually lecturing as well as DJing, so I haven't lectured in about three years in person, but I did um, an online lecture for the Miskatonic Horror Institute during COVID, so I'm going to be lecturing that in person in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. It's probably best just to follow my Instagram to keep up with everything. But yeah, I'm excited to play all three Cold Waves this year. It's really exciting, and I'm very grateful. Jason thought I was up for the job.
0: What's your Instagram handle, just to make sure that everyone who wants to follow you knows where it is?
1: Andy A N D I eighties eight zero S. Thank okay. you.
0: On this episode, you heard confess, retribution, and object crucifix. Andy's label Syntheside can be found at syntheside.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Acumen Nation. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Spike Hellis. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Paul A. Wood again, sharing another memory. I'm looking at these pictures and it's like he really is sort of an island unto himself in all of this sort of like randomness that's going on. But he was also a deeply a part of each tour. Like I can't imagine the tours we were on without him. Like he was in some ways a counterbalance to like the monkey chaos that would happen on Chem Lab tours, you know, like he was like sort of this God, I don't wanna say a calming presence, but there was like a gravity, like he was funny and he was goofy, but there was also like, he wasn't just like going into like monkey chaos, like a lot of the tours I was on. So it was nice having, having that Jamie vibe as an anchor, as a kind of a through line. And yes, he did actually make bands sound way better than they would, that is also actually true.